So somebody like Ben Patrick, who I saw what he was doing, I was intrigued by what he was doing, and I saw where I could piece that into my training. And then we ended up having a full-blown discussion via text message. He actually reached out to us, and, and it turned into a collaboration. And What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Garage Strength Podcast. I'm here with three-time co-author of the year. And co-host, Earl Kunkel. Hey, what's up, Dane? Hey, you know, um, season four, I'm like in it next week. I'm like in season. Oh, you're in season. Yeah, next oh, week it starts. Oh, that's a great... I, I saw my season schedule. You know what? That's a great way... <laughs> I was trying to get this across to Jason today, and I, I hate doing this, but that how you just said season. I think as we're aging in our company... Yeah. I see seasons and I see team and I hate the fact that I see team, but I feel more like we're a team than ever before. Yeah, no, for sure. And I was just complaining about this to Jason that I want him to feel teamish, but we can't force anyone to feel teamish. I have talked to DJ about that okay. within the company about how many of the workers here excelled athletically at individual sports yep. so where dj comes from a football background before a weightlifting background yeah so i feel like he gets the team the team aspect really strongly and you can see it as he's been like maturing in his leadership and his leadership role and i think sometimes like other like individuals like just let me do my thing like you know yeah, i want to just do me and that's it and like you need that teamwork in the long run like yeah, for sure you what's the cliche one if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together or yes, something like yeah, that yep. you know well um, it's too it's like if everybody's inside but, the team doing their their own individual yeah thing, everyone's a role player yes exactly <laughs> exactly even if your job's to score all the points, you're still a role player. Like one hundred percent. Just your role's different than the guy set in the screens, you it's, know. Yes. And I think that's the other thing is like seeing those things moving and, and what that means as as one, as a business owner, but also as as like inside the team. Like what is what is your role in, in embracing that role? Yeah. And like well, I guess everyone knows I help with writing and stuff like yeah, that like yeah like co-author the things like i'm saying i'm in season because like all right that's what's going on like content time like make it happen 100 percent. um all right let's talk about um learning right uh, you know my cliche saying with this one too: be a learn it all not a know it all like <laughs> i say that all the time um ask questions like be a learn it all not a know it all um I think that's really hard for ego. Oh, it. I think it's easier to say than to do, too. Oh, well, for sure. In practice. It's like, so when you go, I'll use myself, like I'll go see like a lift going on and I'll listen to the person like coaching it. And I can judge if I'm being a learner or a know-it-all by my internal dialogue. If I go, that's wrong. I'm a know-it-all. Yeah. If I go, why is it, why are they doing that? I'm in a learn-it-all mindset. Okay. And I can I can just run that algorithm to myself to like check myself, 
based off how I react to what I see there. Yeah. And then I can apply that to most anything. So if I start with a judgment, I'm being a know-it-all most likely. Where if I'm starting with like a why, I'm, you're, I'm you're trying to think answer. about it. Okay, so that to me is a framework. And it's like one of the biggest things I'm learning, one, with the company, but two, with my own life, is creating frameworks for literally everything and practicing them over and over and over again. And I'm starting to understand that like life is repetitive like we do things repetitively now the situations are different but the emotions that are triggered are consistent so if you have a framework for each specific situation it makes it easier to navigate and to keep on that path of being and if and for me i, I want to be a learn it all yeah i need to have something in place to help me execute my learn it all tasks and i don't know who said this but um how they would say like uh practice makes perfect Practice makes permanent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah. you have to do a good job of getting the reps in you want for yeah. the more permanent behaviors. Yeah, like, and I don't want to say it like perfect doesn't exist. Permanent does though. Like, and, or and where be, you defer to how you behave or act or think or yes, yeah. It's like, and it's being aware that you need to practice that. And that, like, oftentimes I'll say like, that would have been a really good situation for me to practice this framework. And then the next time it comes up, I try to slow it down and be like, all right, what, what, what should I be doing? Yeah. How do you learn? It's, so, and it's like a football player checking down, like a QB checking down. They're yeah. Like, like they're going through a check down and everything's happening very quickly. They have that skill ingrained in them. So you can learn that emotionally. So let's think about learning from a sports and conditioning coach perspective. Yeah. Dane, I will compliment you. You are very creative. I think we talked about this in the live last yeah, yeah time um about how one of the ways i've like seen dane and it's like whoa that's super creative is the way he looks at movement creates exercises to like strengthen a movement make something more capable more automatic for an athlete to be able to do from a creative standpoint but i also have talked to you and you learn from other coaches as well like you will go on social media you will watch certain things happen and you'll like go through a process one of your frameworks about like assessing how does this work how could it fit in the system yeah, yeah. and even if you don't adapt it it's sort of like i think of it like how do you know like a horror movie's trash well you have to watch a lot of bad horror movies <laughs> a lot of good horror movies yeah. and a lot of like okay stuff right and you you begin to get a perspective of like what's good what's bad why it's good why it's bad or also develop your own personal taste at the same time and can see like, well, how does, and from personal taste, well, how does this fit into my system? Right. So Dane, when you're learning from other coaches or as sometimes I think you say inappropriately steal from other coaches, mm -hmm. um, how do you go about like learning? Like sort of what is it you're looking for? What is it you're hoping to find? Or what is it that I know this is like a, usually uses a negative word, but what like triggers you to explore it? I think the the biggest thing for me is well one if I have an interpersonal relationship I'm always talking or or sending videos or just picking their brain. I think actually this is a very very good discussion based around the current situation is like someone like uh Ferris Khan so on Instagram brother Ferris, okay? And you're doing October 7th. He's here or virtually yeah, we're doing a virtual summit and he's going to be here on site where we're actually having i'm presenting two or th 
two presentations. He's presenting one. We're doing one together. And using him as this example is that I love social media. Like I love it. And I love it for the sense that I can train the algorithm to only show me things that I want to see. The problem with social media is that if I watch one JLo dancing video, <laughs> I get it for 35 days. But then when I stop watching them, they go away, right? If we click on it. And that's also why when people DM me videos to click on, I never click on them. Because you don't want it to mess up yeah, your, your I don't, feed. I don't need my feed tainted. But one thing using Brother Ferris on Instagram is I would see him pop in my suggestion and I'd watch and be like, man, this dude is doing some cool stuff. And I think that one hard part, uh, I'll, I'll use a premier like world famous influencer, Kaiza Fit. Like, she's just got really, really cool exercises. And she does a very, very good job presenting them. She's really motivational, all this stuff. Really cool on, on social media. I think very, very positive too. Like just a, if you could make like a fantastic model for, uh, for following as a fitness influencer, she's the, the one you should be following. Like as far as pop culture, fitness okay. models, fitness influencers. Um, but to me, it's like one downfall is we oftentimes will engage and watch this and think that's all that they're doing in their training. And then you go to the gym and you want to do three or four things. And then, you, you know, you don't, you don't have a framework. And I think that the most important aspect for me was early on, I was able to watch certain things and certain uh, influencers or certain even training sessions or even watching, um, watching movement patterns and then think through the framework of where does this piece into my system of training? And so I will watch really crazy functional fitness influencers. I'll watch really traditional powerlifting influencers. I'll watch really traditional weightlifting. I'll watch really traditional, you know, just speed based people as well. And then try to piece that into understanding where I would plug and play with certain types of exercises. What, what is the exercise type? What sport is it going to work for? When would I use it? And then roll from there. And I think that having that framework is really key, especially you know, if we're, for me, you know, I've got an interpersonal relationships with really good coaches and some of whom are Olympic yeah, champions. You've been for, is it, a, has it been a decade yet going like close? To, it's like eight years to international competitions with the best lifters in the country. Right. Yeah. Yep. So we, I've been and around coaches yeah, and like yeah, having uh, conversations, like yep. you go hang out, everyone exchanges numbers. All of a sudden there's like a, a group threat chat or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And a lot of those coaches have trained a lot of guys in the NFL, a lot of other Olympians sprinters as well. So it's like those, those coaches are the interpersonal side as well as like the track world. Uh, but then also I'm the first one to admit I love Instagram and I love YouTube for learning from other coaches. Yeah. It's like a direct it's like a direct view into like what are they doing? Yeah, they're they're getting they're trying to get views, they're trying to sell something, but Yeah, there's an entertainment yeah. aspect to it as but well. But there's also you have to make like, it exciting. Yeah, there's also like would I use this? Where would I use this? Why would I use it? Who would I use this for? Is it stupid? Is it not stupid? You know. So there's one exercise I think recently um, you've been using in with the speed with a balloon or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that I learned directly from uh, Max Marzo, I believe is the guy's name. And he does a lot of stuff like uh, Science of Sport, I think. I think he's connected with them. I'm not positive, but he's a guy that I've learned a lot. And that, that game to me was like, I, I can use this as a warm-up. I can use this for hand-eye coordination. I could use this as reflexive uh, contrast for like a garage track contrast setup. Um, and I, I almost equate that to some of the stuff around like Michael Drock. He's another one that I've spent time. And I've never, I've never spoken a word to either one of these guys. Maybe in a comment section, I've maybe asked a couple questions. Yeah, but you do kind of – anyone nowadays – has a, a pseudo relationship with people online. Yeah, I, like, I would say like you you don't personally know them, but you do have some insight into how they think, how they operate, how yeah. they like, and probably more their ideal self. Like, yeah, you know, on here, like you don't get the two of us ever angry or yelling or upset right. about something. You get like both of us intellectually engaged, smiling, ideal, laughing, yeah. making jokes. Like, yeah. so you get like the like. I wish this person was there all the time type of thing. Right, right. Not someone who's like worried about like, is, is my kid okay when they're coughing or something right, like right. that? Yeah. Um, so there yeah, is, you do have that. I do see their training and I do see, and, and that and Max Schmarzo, I would say Michael Drock are guys that I regularly will, will visit. Honestly, Kaiser fit. I watch every single video she does because she's extremely good on camera. She does. And I'm assuming she has a, full-blown team behind her she's great with her presentation she's uh she was a hurdler at ucla she's actually my age like or she might be a little bit younger than me but was a, a solid track athlete as well so like not that i was solid but decent and like learning from her presentation along with some of the exercises that her and her coach uh work through are, are those would say i would are three off the top of my head and like have, social media people people you don't like, i've never discussed anything yeah like you had an irl type of conversation with like right where right. all your no and i mean that's actually a good example so somebody like ben patrick who i saw what he was doing i was intrigued by what he was doing and i saw where i could piece that into my training and then we ended up having a full-blown discussion via text message he actually reached out to us and and it turned into a collaboration and you know not that we're best friends but we can text each other and, and spend you know a little yeah, bit you of, can interact yeah verbal engagement with one another and i think that's like another positive aspect of, about that yeah and this the sled's a big piece from that one that you use pretty consistently i i think the biggest downfall with strength coaches in general is that we think we know everything and we're better than every other strength coach and you know it alls and i have that know it all intrinsically probably to a point i think everyone yeah. i shouldn't say everyone a lot of people do like it's yeah. not like and it's it's even like we we want to share we always want to top and we always want to relate and so that's that's i believe that can be it's not always a downfall, but I actually would say like 75 to 80% of the time it is a downfall to compare and relate. And we always want to relate a story. Somebody tells me a story, I want to tell them that happened to me as well. Oh, the one-upper yeah, type of I, thing. And that happens frequently. And I think strength coaches live in that realm. Oh, well, you had a guy that back-squatted 600 for four. I had one that back-squatted 605 for five. And it's like <laughs> now I, as I'm – 
getting older and trying to do specific things in my life, I'm realizing like, there's no point in that. There's no point in, in the competition. I can sit here and say, you know, before I would watch somebody like real game athletics or, or Joel Seedman and say he's stupid. Let's just say he's stupid. Right. But I want to steal like <laughs> four of his exercises. Meanwhile, on my cell phone, I can pull up on my notes. In my notes section, Dane I has a cell phone right now. Everyone who's just listening, yeah. I, in my notes section, I can actually come in here and find in my notes Seedman exercises. I'm gonna try. <laughs> he and has find his it. own topic. His yeah, own, so like, I have column. Right, I have a whole portion that I I'll go in and if I see something that now to be fair to him or to myself is that if I see something that's stupid. In my Seedman column, I have stupid Seedman and good Seedman. <laughs> Joel Seedman list right here. No, he's showing everyone his so, his like list of it looks like links probably to videos or yeah. something or like and at descriptions. The bottom, at the bottom, dumb shit. So it's like, <laughs> look, it's okay that that's happening. Yeah, it's okay as a strength coach. He, he's got some good stuff. One he's the, got some really freaking ridiculous stuff. One too. of the things I like about stuff that tends to feel more out there, like where you're just trying to break the mold. Um, so I'm in like, I like hardcore music, but there's this subgenre of hardcore mu music called like weird guy, hardcore music, which is, it's just a little weirder. And yeah, to me, it's tends to be more interesting, like to listen to someone like Seedman to me is like more interesting to look at and watch. It doesn't, I don't, know what's practical what's not but one of the things i immediately took from it was the weird way he would load barbells and how that could be used in carries yeah for like accessory stuff right, right. like just you know little things to add into a finisher I, when i wanted an extra bit with my abs just or something. a little bit yes that's the whole that's the framework and it's like all right if i watch um there's a guy uh there's a guy in california and i've and and like He's also big into he's like sort of Franz Bosch. And you can see this is the weird part with fitness influencers or, or strength and conditioning coaches. You can tell he takes or he's learned probably like 50 or 60 percent of his system from Franz Bosch. But then he'll speak negatively about Franz Bosch pretty frequently. And then he and then he you know, you see him do a jump or something and you're like, dude, you can barely jump. Like you clearly just need to squat more. Like, <laughs> but then at the same time, he's anti-squat. And it's like, dude, if you just increase your back squat by a hundred pounds, you'd be able to squat way better. You don't need to do all this other stuff. So that's where in my mind, it's like, all right, where can I watch this individual and say, put this in the reflexive system, put this into this day, put this onto that day, put this onto that day. But also you know, it comes back to like, what is, what are the meat and potatoes of your system of training and what defines that? And how do you go, how do you have a lens? I believe we should have frameworks for actually looking at a strength and conditioning coach on, on social media because yeah. they're, they're relevant. Everywhere. I would argue the GSPD model, the framework that's used could adapt to a point where it is primarily Boschian, if you will. Yeah. Like where it's more reflexive based in you could simple, simply your technical coordination movements would be less about loading, more about speed. You might start using dumbbells for your snatches, kettlebells for your cleans. Yeah. Like I could, like I can already so, creatively take our whole, the, our, you're the, saying this and there's a guy that exists every goddamn Dre. Okay. I watch him. He's, 
He's very, he's almost exactly how you're describing. And I don't know this or not. He may not have ever heard of Franz Bosch, but a lot of what he does is similar. And it's like, yeah, that's okay. Like this is, this is the best part about social media is that you can, there's such a prolific pool of individuals to learn from that, that you can then analyze and systematize yourself for your own benefit and for your athlete's benefit. And, and then when they come to you and they ask you like, okay, Brandon George, he's a linebacker at Pitt. He's, he's learning strength and conditioning. He sent me a video and he's like, what do you think about this Zercher squat in this foot position? I, I honestly don't really like it. I think it's a little dangerous. I, I'm not a huge fan. I would try it though. I would experiment with it on this specific day. And he's like, got you, gave me the fist bump in a DM. And it's like, that's like, that's a really good way to go about learning. Yeah. Zercher squats scare me most about my biceps yeah yeah I, I, i've always had that fear big time it's so weird like you do it and all i think is what is my bicep gonna tear no even if it's like 95 pounds i'm just like is my bicep exactly. yeah like it that's i want always what i feel off the zercher conversation i do want to make clear like to do this to the best of your ability and not get sucked into, because I'll I'll go on social media and then I end up just like down the wormhole of watching. You know, I just watched probably three hours of Katie Ledecky videos yesterday, because I was watching swimming science based training videos, and then it just got me. Yeah. Right, I got hooked. So what I I will say I do this a lot, but I I try my best to say these are four people i want to watch in the next 15 minutes learn from them put them in your phone take notes and see if we want to learn use this in the future and then get off of social media and to me that's an effective way to, to use it it's with a framework yeah without getting ruined and sometimes it, it is fun to it's get funny we only talked uh, talked about social media like if you can see the books in here or at least like the books here too like i'll speak for dane he doesn't have to say it like Dane reads incessantly about this stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's just a lot. Like there's, there's at least a master's degree, if not a PhD worth of like books here too. Books, yeah. And subscriptions to like online, like things. I, I can say this for certain too. How many research studies I get texted to me that he just read. And he's like, here, check this one out here. Yeah. Check this one sure. out. Yeah, that's a problem. Actually, the swearing ones, the yeah. swearing ones I just sent you. Um, and I'm like, all right, I'll check it out because, like, I love to read too. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, I'll learn something. Um, I think we're a little short today on uh, other commitments. So Lincoln's got ice hockey practice in August. Yeah, I think we're gonna skip the overrated, underrated. Oh, okay. Because it could have, it was, it was a, uh, I was, we were gonna potentially go in and upset people so okay, we'll just right. we'll leave it there we'll, we'll uh dance around it you were um, gonna use so you're gonna use fitness influencers <laughs> yeah. i was gonna use training methodologies okay, okay. yeah okay. <laughs> to overrate underrate just like uh i don't need to throw lob bombs at anything <laughs> here um let's do an either either or though either or technical coordination or absolute strength. Technical coordination all day. All right. Uh, no questions asked. I love how when I ask, when I challenge you between parts within the GSPD system, you unequivocally know exactly which one you would take this, right away. This, this goes to the story. If you look back, and we've got footage of Nick Singleton training, 
He had no squat rack. He would do cleans and cleans and cleans. And then at the last session or at the last couple sets, I'd say, clean this front squat up for five, clean this front squat up for six. And, and it, it was like this perfect way that he was still getting explosive work. We were doing snatches, we're doing cleans, we're doing hand cleans, and we're getting front squat work in just from doing those cleans. No, no absolute strength work outside of the clean. Nice. All right. Going to the audience questions, though. We can't disappoint. Okay. Discord. It's keist again. Keist. I made the mistake sometimes. I started because I'm in the Discord. He should I, be in the private live, by the way. I start. He should be. I started uh, answering. <laughs> they would post these questions that I would answer. And I was like, wait, these ones are for the podcast. I better stop doing oh, this. Oh, jeez. Jason's going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, what is the difference between working as private strength and conditioning coach compared to high school college coach? Um, both in education requirement, but also the setup, the types of people you engage with, uh, pressure to perform as a coach. I think the the as far as like what you would need educationally, you would need you would pro. Well, I mean, you're going to need a teaching cert if you're at the high school level here in the U.S. Uh, the collegiate level, you're going to need a master's probably in exercise science if not more probably just a master's in some type of applied physiology biomechanics something along these lines um and then also at the collegiate level if you're in like a power five school as a strength coach it's basically like you have the head guy but then you have very specific roles you've got like that's the weightlifting guy that's the barefoot guy that's the biomechanics guy or or woman whoever it is they have and, like a team yeah so they're very precise on what they're looking more for. specialists yeah and and i think like at the high school level you'll have one individual who overlooks everything and then that'll be like in their gym class as well and again they they're going to need a teaching cert whereas in the the private sector you don't necessarily need that. You need the pedigree or, or at least like the results. Um, I do think you should be educated in some sense, maybe not f entirely formal, but in some sense along the lines of, of what training is in, is going to be. And then you've got to also provide my, my big word right now is transformational value. You've got to provide that to people outside and inside so that you can make more money. Yeah. I always feel my strength and conditioning education has been complete journeyman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, I've just been studying under Dane, like, yeah, for yeah. years. And, like... I, I think that's how mine is to a, a point as well, uh, to be honest. is like, journeyman slash, like, individual researcher. Like, well... In the in the in the trenches. Yeah, but I I always feel you can get caught individual research where you will know what you're talking about. No one else will acknowledge that. Yeah. Unless someone like knows you know. Right. Like right. when they start talking to you, you're like, all right, this person knows what. Like people like you know the language, if you will, and mm -hmm. like you can have that kind. Like if you're cool, you're cool type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like someone who knows will know you know, but the like larger what I would call like the corporate like sort of the your LinkedIn profile or something yeah, like that yeah. like you won't get an interview like the algorithm won't let you through. Yeah. Yes. Accurate. One hundred percent. We're like a human you could deal with. Yeah. But your buzzwords aren't getting in there yeah. as they sift through like, oh, you didn't say this. No interview for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Reddit. Is it Dlper Diaper? Yeah, 11. A few months ago, I had an R adductor and abdominal tear while squatting. 
I spent the last few weeks starting to slowly reintroduce my compound lifts, but I've been trying more single joint exercises and calisthenics to minimize uncontrolled strain. However, I'm noticing some oddities. Leg extensions bug my knees, particularly the right knee outside portion, and the loads are low. I'm trying lower loads and partial range of motion to accommodate for now. I also look like a baby deer on the hack squat machine, and again, loads are low, like single plate low this to me points to weak weak quads but after 20 something years of training i guess i'm surprised by this i try to train everything i've also heard tight weak hamstrings can contribute to knee trouble any ideas on other possible issues fixes i train a lot at home any ideas on regressive quad isolation work a guy can do without leg extension machine what about just i would just hit spanish squats consistently like three days a week spanish squats heel elevated squats trying to do assisted pistol squats with a slow eccentric maybe some slow skater squats very nice that was a very thorough answer very quick too you were like rapid fire there i was trying to think through the whole discussion i have a silly theory and this is no offense to this person i always think people who have been like lifting legs their whole life and struggle with quads don't squat ass to grass. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah. Just, I don't know if that's true. That's just me hypothesizing right. something with anything. And whatever, injuries suck too. I, they're the worst. Are there move. any other questions? No, that's all of them. You did it, Dane. Congratulations. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Head over to GarageStrength.com. Check out our virtual coaches summit. We're going to have Brother Ferris, a.k.a. We're going to have Ferris Khan, a.k.a. Brother Ferris, here for that virtual When is summit. that, October 7th? October 7th. Oh, man. Until next time, peace. Wait.